0: Guy came in who's not a monster. He's one, he's actually one of my favorite people. But I had to check him because the normalcy of I don't even know if normalcy is a word, but everyone understood what I meant. We, we know what it means. Yeah, of those spaces at that time is to come in and say the most wild, racist things, and nobody would check you on it. It's, um, interesting being on. I just spent the past year interviewing black women uh, specifically for my book. Um, in the same realm, so it's quite nice to be on the other side and like not interviewing is such a hard job as well, and to keep the thing going to get people where not even where you want them to go, but like, oh, there's an interesting thing there. Can I pull that out? So I'm quite happy to just sit back <laughs> and let you do it all. To be yeah. honest, so yeah.
1: I love Ready. the concept of your book as well. When I was looking into it, like it sounds I don't even know what the word is. I love the concept.
0: There was just like it's just the truth of the matter, and I guess that goes into what you are saying about um my storytelling and authentically telling stories. Um when I looked at my skill set, when I looked at all the things that I've achieved. Uh there was always like um Either a black woman right there, literally opening, more so kicking down the door for me to get in or cheering me on and being like, no, 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 this is the way that you kind of maneuver the thing and get in this way. And then you can do that, you know, or just calming me down. Like, do you know what I'm from a whole Fortin Heath, I'm not having it. And I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> that can wait, actually just get this thing done. And if you still want to box someone box them, but at least you've got that thing done and, um. So I could never sit down and write such a book, trying to, uh, uh, trying to check. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? My God, trying to share. Wow. Imagine trying to share my experiences in a way that I've moved through all of these different industries that are basically tethered together via creativity and just be like, these are all the things I magically learned out of nowhere. That's not the truth of the matter. Um, I owe so much to black women growing up and in my professional life and all over. And I was just like, also I'm tired of, um, if I'm really honest, I see a lot of other black men pretending to do the work in spaces because it's a favorable thing to do, um, almost to gain access in different ways and are not actually doing the work or. Uh, providing safe spaces for women that look like their mothers—it's wild to me.
1: I think the way women are treated in society, very generally speaking, is is disgusting, mm. very disgusting, and that it it um, manifests itself in so many different ways. And it's something that I've only really starting to because you know you hear things like this, but it's only I'm starting I'm only starting to really appreciate. As I'm getting older and more recently, and I see a lot of abuse, man, on social media yeah. and stuff. And when you look at the workplace and um, the disparities, whether it's a pay disparity or this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I've heard a number of excuses. I've heard people say, oh, it's because women um, will go on mat leave, for example, and fall behind their peers. And then my stance on that is, like, okay, that's very factual. Okay, they go on mat leave a white lot. Cool. Um, they're the ones birthing and bringing in. The, the next leaders that they literally will be nothing. We will not be here because of that. And if they have to take out a year or a few months or whatever out of their career in order to birth and bring forth life, which is the most precious and beautiful thing ever, mm. we need to do everything we bloody can to push them and make sure that, you know, like, um, push them and make sure that uh, the workplace is as inclusive. And as welcoming and that nobody's falling behind because it's not right and it's not fair that they be that people are penalized for that kind of a thing
0: yeah i i would say to that that um we live in a capitalist society so therefore everything is competition and everything is how can i do more than you better than you that's just the way that everything is gone how many likes did i get how many views did i get how many listens did i get how many books did i sell et cetera, et cetera. Uh where actually, if our society, if we can, I, and I use that word ironically because I don't think it's all—it's just crumbling, isn't it? Everything's falling apart. But actually, if we concentrated on community in the way that we are meant to, and I say that just naturally, like naturally, we need community. Doesn't it feel good when, like, I back your idea, and I really support what you're doing, and you're able to return that? Doesn't that isn't that such a better uh experience than um such a better experience than the competition of the thing. I don't care how you dress that up, like competition is like is not fun. Um approval is 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 great. Recognition is the word I'm looking for. Recognition is great, like that is that is amazing what you've done, but also that's about it. But yeah, everything is, 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 is garnered towards the competition of the thing. And I say all of that just to say, if we didn't live in that kind of construct or that kind of thinking, um, the idea that women taking time off for mat leave, etc., wouldn't be so mind blowing that yes, it should be paid uh, for rights. And even after that, do you know, like how many conversations I have regards to childcare and how expensive that is. On top of expensive. it's, it's ridiculous, and how there is no next to no help, um, for those things. I think they're about to change. I think they're about to change even the law, like
1: I think, our, so uh, like subsidizing nursery spaces. Or
0: yeah, like and like, and even I'm thinking about now, like tax on period uh, product products. It's the language of the thing as well, because before you say sanitary, but actually the connotations around using the word sanitary, um, are really kind of, uh, disrespectful actually. So period products, it's just all of these things. And I'm glad that you said that. Like I'm just realizing, which is completely fine because we all live We've lived in the thing. The thing has been the thing. And I think now we're like, hold on a minute. What, what is this pl- Why is that like that? Why do we have to do it this way? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Language is very, very important. Mm. And oftentimes we use words or phrases and don't even realize the, the mental image that we're painting within our own heads, within mm. our own subconscious, and that we're projecting out to other people when we're using words that have been projected onto us, yep. language is very, very important. So, and just to take it back a bit as well, talking about black women and me only realizing more recently, just. This um, Like when people say that black women are the ones that have fought for black rights and etc. that kind of thing, and you hear it and you might not appreciate it. Um, what I've realized since I've started 1000 Voices, so I've been doing it for two years now, is that the, the majority of our supporters come from black women. Mm. And I can see it very tangibly. The majority, if we look at the split between podcast guests, uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but definitely the majority are women. There's been times where we've had like six, seven weeks in a row just women, and I'm actively trying to get a male voice on and it's just not easy. I'm, I'm getting a lot of, I don't just maybe not, no response or whatever. And I get, obviously not everybody's going to be free all the time. So it's not, I don't have an issue if you're not available to come on, but it's not that I'm looking, reaching out to more women. It's not that I'm asking more women for more support. They're just the ones that are more willing to yeah. offer their support, to offer advice, to offer their ear, to come on and to add to this platform that we're building.
0: Yeah. Um, It's, it's really interesting in terms of when it comes to my relationship with black men is really interesting, especially, uh, the way that masculinity or the concept of what is masculine and what isn't, uh, really affects us. I also think my synergy for black women just comes from a space of being uh, black and gay and so my biggest defenders, especially when I can be bothered to defend myself. Cause sometimes not every day I know I'm from Croydon, but not every day I want to fight, you know, (laughs) like I know how to fight and I know how to rock a jaw. That doesn't mean like, that is like, no one's born like that. Like, do Mm. you know what I mean? I'm down for the peace and I'm down for the kumbaya completely. If you need something, ask me, I will give that to you, but I'm just reflecting what uh, all the black women throughout my life up until this point and will do beyond undoubtedly have done. But I say that to say that because I've always had that protection, because I, um, I know my masculinity isn't wrapped up in how much I can bench press or who I stood up to. It's also wrapped in how soft I can be and how forgiven I can be, which are things that we more time associate with femininity mm. um but i do find um but then i'm just thinking that also i've always made a point of like all of my male friends specifically my straight male friends they're very comfortable within themselves and if i've done something well they will show it with flowers and it's just love you know mm-hmm. um and I've made a good job of just not being in spaces or company that that isn't understood, and also that women will always be respected in our presence, and we're not going to have it. Um, but yeah, but I I just think because women are naturally, are natural carers as well. It's innate. I mean, men are too. Do not get me wrong, but we don't live in a society that really pushes that. We live in a society that is like men are the hunters, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. And actually, like, I don't know, it's cute to go home and bake a cake for yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's cute to like, it's cool. Like, find your peace. Like, it's like, if that's one thing that I could say to other black men that um, still live in that space, and I'm not blaming them as well. I meet that energy and I'm never angry at it. I'm always interested in... Um, I've been recently listening a lot to uh, Kendrick Lamar's, uh, it's not his first album, but it was uh, um, a uh, good kid, Mad City. Yeah. And where he's got Maya Angelou at the end praying for them, uh, you're dying of first towards mm. the end of that. I've been listening to that skit over, I don't know why, but I guess it was in preparation for this because everything always lines up. But my thinking around it has just been like, God, how many people need that moment from someone to just listen and be like, I understand why you're angry, but just to stop you. Um, and more time, I say this in the book as well, that black men in one way or another, aren't able to even hear those prayers, um, anymore because they're trying to survive as the next. And sometimes I think it gallops into jealousy of black women. Um, the magic of black women. Um, the resilience of black women. Who do you know more resilient than any black woman in your life? For Knock real. down, get up. Knock down, get up. For real. Oh, you gave me nothing. Blah blah blah. Magic. Go away and take your thing and double it up and bring it back. Are you mad? Like, there's no one, no one, no one. And I think... The combination of toxic masculinity, jealousy. And I do not say that as a par, I just mean, you know, what you're saying about words, so just to be clear, I mean that from a space of, I wish that I could do that, the yearning, I wish that I could be that magical. How could I ever match your magic? But also we're not taught that. I truly believe that everybody's, uh, abilities and, and in some areas, lack of abilities are meant to go together because when we're all talking together, I can hear all of your voices, which means that I can hear the uniqueness of my voice and where I can fit into support. Mm. I said it once on Kalechi's podcast, like you can't make a pound with 99 pennies. You need a hundred pennies to make a pound or it's not a pound. Meaning we need all of us thousand voices or more to get there i will go off on one so if i'm not making sense be like bruv like bring it back in but it's a free-flowing conversation so i will just chat
1: it's it's all good okay it's it's good it's good (laughs) i want to take it back slightly you spoke about your your masculinity not being wrapped in how much you could bench And then I forgot the exact phrasing you used afterwards, but I was something, alluding something to along the longer lines of basically your masculine not being long, something, not being bent, mastering how much you can bench and you being maybe more in touch with your feminine aspects or feminine size, femininity.
0: I think, I think I learned this a long time ago or deeped it, or my uncle showed me it. Um, I'm quite flamboyant. I talk with my hands uh, a lot. I'm not kaka kaka but I talk with my hands. Yes. And my uncle was like, yeah, cause you mimic your mum. And I was like, what? And he was like, your mum talks with her hands and the way you're just, you talk like your mum, you're mimicking your mum. And from that moment, I was like, that's so That's so dope. But
1: children just didn't, they, they- This is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's like, they seem, yeah, it?
0: like- They don't even know. I talk like my mum, like, what do you mean? To you now when you're like, oh, he's camp. Okay, I'm camp like my I'm what, like, <laughs> I can still rock your jaw. Like that. Two things can be true at the same time.
1: But has you have you ever had that like your mask your that toxic masculinity sort of uh, I can bench more on you? Have you ever been that person before? Because I'm wondering if you've ever been that person and whether you've gone on a journey to be who you are now.
0: Mm, I've always argued with that person and been like, "That doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right." I don't think I've fully turned into that person. Um, Big up my grandmother, she's no longer with us, but um she would always uh in other parts of my family be like, our oh, boys don't cry, da, da 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 da. And she was the first one. And always, if you on to cry, cry. If you feel brand off, let it off. Let it out. Um don't it? Yeah, she would be like, let it out. And uh I love it. Let it out, let it out. You just have to let it out and you'll feel better she always used to say that and always used to um, drill um, that in. But at the same time in school in secondary school, primary school, um, what's being taught in my household isn't necessarily being taught in everyone else's household. So I would say that I don't feel like I was ever toxic in that way. I don't think I'm not sitting there trying to claim I always had the right language or the way to do things. And a year from now, some of the things I'm saying right now would have evolved. And I'm like, ah, that was where, where you wanted to be in your thought process. Like I would have jumped even by tomorrow, to be honest, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I can't sit here and say that I've ever been that person. I bring up my grandma because like, um, morals were always important. You always treat people good always please and thank yous, always be honest um, and tell the truth. You don't have to be literally as tall as this mic, but she was the loveliest person, but also will bad up anybody. <laughs> like you will hear what she's got to say and you will believe her when she's speaking. And I always also wanted to be like that. And then my grandfather as well, very stoic, very quiet. Uh, and somehow being both those things still demanded all the respect and attention, he walked in a room and you felt his presence. And I thought that was the coolest stuff ever. And those are the people that I, I wanted to be like, I say that just to say that growing up, I was trying to be like the two coolest people that I knew, but society and the norms are trying to push you in this other way, not to mention, um, being gay as well and growing up in Croydon. And also being out and bad from day. I don't have a big coming out story. It was like 15, 16. I think he's actually attractive. This one over here, what? Da, 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 knockout. Okay. He knows how to fight. <laughs> and with family, it wasn't a thing. I'm very lucky, you know? I don't have a stereotypical. And then this one didn't talk to me or this or that or that. It was just very much like, yeah, can kind of see it. it is what it is. But I was still very much like a rodeo as well. Do you know what I mean? So like, mm. it's a yeah, it's a weird one. It's a very, it's a, it's a really good question as well. You see me working it out yeah. and being like, Oh, I've never yeah. thought about it. But like, yeah, in short, I wouldn't say that I fully turned into that person and had to come out of it. I think it was just like, that thing that I said earlier, where we're all in this space now and we're like, what is this, whether we're trying to talk about, um, the clear violence and, uh, genocide happening with, uh, Palestinians, etc., etc., And then you've got, um, the definition of words being changed around. Like, no, you can't say that because it's this and it's that and it's like, no, I can clearly see that babies are being killed for no apparent reason. And I can see that you're moving them over here and also saying, this is a safe region and it feels like you're moving them there, particularly not even feels like we can see that you're moving them there and then attacking that space. We've all done the research. We've now read up on X, Y, Z, right. But yet these new definitions and the way that the goalposts are being moved, are are being moved in the most obvious fashion now, because there's nowhere to hide. Mm. Um, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to, so, and I'm going on off on a slightly different, slightly very different tangent. As Please the I apologise. apologize. To, <laughs> how many ways have I got off now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All good. Well,
1: But it's, it's an interesting space we're in now. And so you're big on storytelling in your work. You talk about it. And what I'm, I'm trying to understand more about you and how you become who you are today. You've become the person you are today. You... You spoke about, it makes sense when you talk about your grandparents and your grandmother in particular, and her not mixing the words and just being who she is. Mm-hmm. And then you picking up on that just by proximity, probably just cause you're around her all the time. Most people, and you didn't have a big coming out story. You said it and then you fired someone, whatever, cool. If mm-hmm. they got something to say. Most people, especially when they're young are still trying to find themselves you got you got them people who younger people might be acting out and acting better than they really are until they find themselves you got kids who might be very quiet and shy until they find out who they really are some people not even everybody even never finds out may, might still win our journey 10 20 30 years on but most people when they're 15 16 they ain't they're not like standing on their laurels like okay this is me this is who I am like it or not it I feel that it's either one just through over time, maybe by maybe through family or some some just through different experiences and that kind of thing, you learn to come into that space, or you just have some kind of a big event of some sort—a life event, a personal event, an event to someone else—where you just think, "Fuck this! I'm who I am. It is what it is, and this is me, and I'm proud of who I am." And like it or like it or not, have you? Like in your upbringing or maybe in your late teens, early 20s, any kind of period. Because again, there's different stories. When I've done my research, I'm listening to different podcasts. You've been on and things like that. I've heard different things about. So let me get this up. Yeah. When I was doing my research, I was listening to, I can't remember which podcast it was, but there was a story you told about your old workplace. I don't know if it was Nano or if it was someone else, but they said something about your colleagues here. It might have been Anna.
0: Yeah, it was Anna. You've yeah. really done your research. We, we, do our,
1: we do our research here. But then, and, then you, and you weren't even that long there. And then you said, nah, I'm going to say what i got to say. And it was someone senior. Most people ain't going to do it. Most, like, most people are going to be scared. Yeah. But it seemed like you've been that person since from 15 up until whatever age you were then, it, even till now.
0: Yeah. I think, um, in terms of that story and me running my mouth like that, My thing is like, I'm from Croydon, (laughs) I'm from Croydon, I'm from people getting jacked, I'm from knife fights, I'm from being rushed and rushing. So you, a CEO, I am meant to be scared of, are you mad? Like, I, I don't care. Like you can't, I've been through worse. I've always been through worse. Um, I don't know if there was a big event I did there is in the first chapter it's called in, in the book, um, black women, always it's the first chapter is called the past and the way that book is set up is essays on certain subject matters. And then they're followed with conversations with the black women in my life that are relevant to those situations in my life or who taught me, um, taught me or inspired me regards to my outlook on those subjects. So there's a chapter about boundaries with, um, Julie Aganuga, um, which I thought she taught me, but in the chat till we find out she's like, I don't, I didn't even know that's the thing that I handed over to you kind of thing, because basically she used to drive around in like a smart car and that was the first thing. She was like, no, I've got a smart car. Cause I don't want to be given everybody, you know, like the two seat <laughs> smart car. So like, I don't <laughs> oh, want to be God. giving everybody lifts. So I just <laughs> yeah. got a smart car. And then when we first met, it was on a set for something and I was directing her in something and like, you just buck people in it and like, you just click. Yeah. And at that point she was just like, yeah, we should hang out. We should hang out. Rare to tell. And I was like, great, great. She was like, make it soon though. Make it soon. And there was this big rush with her and, uh. I just didn't get around to it like we just didn't get around to it but i was like no we're brethrens i can tell that we're going to be cool for years and then she got the job at um beats apple beats radio and then her number changed and like access changed and i was like oh that boundary has been put up in place because you knew your circumstances were going to change and people need different access but Again, when I was talking to her about it and tell her my perspective, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, that's what I took from it. <laughs> we still were friends, obviously. And like, whatever, whatever. Anyway, in that first, um, chapter or essay, the past, I talk about how much I was bullied at school by my teachers. Um, they were racist. And at the time they didn't have the language, but they were very racist. They would go to, uh, my mum and be like, he's really slow, um, he needs to be put into a special class slash school. And my mom was like, no, not sure. And they'd be like, cool, take this work and see if you can do the work. I'd go home and do the work just like that. In fact, in the conversation, my mum reveals that she would also get work. That was like a year or two above me. Give it to me. And I'd be like, yeah. So she'd go back and be like, you're not engaging with him in the right. He's bored. He's very, very bored. Um, he does have some problems in terms of, uh, spelling and he talks about the words moving. So I'm not entirely sure if I don't even think dyslexia was a widely used term at the time, but, um, there's something there, but in terms of like his maths explanation, all of the things in these things, he's doing a year two free above and he's doing it. Like it's a waste of his time. He's bored in the classrooms. That's what's going on. And they, they weren't having it. And like, it was just a standoff. Anyway, one day we're in a, in a, uh, assembly and there's two black girls. These two black girls that I thought were like the dopest ever and, um, they're talking in the middle of the assembly and not shutting up. And so the teacher tries to switch on them. And he's like, come up to the front now. And she like rolled her eyes, kissed her teeth, was like, no. And then looked at her and laughed and carried on chatting. Now, at that point in primary school, you're just meant to listen to the teacher. That, if I never saw that incident (laughs) from that day on, I was like, hold on a minute. (laughs) I can say no, like I can do what I want to do. But bearing in mind, I've got my mum, I've got my, I've got my dad as well. Like I don't really have a relationship with my dad right now, but I will say growing up, up until like the age of 18 of all of my cousins and friends, my father was the only one that was still in my household. Everyone else went to go and see mostly, but everyone else went, had to go and see their dad on a weekend or whatever. So, I still have my dad around who very much from an early age was explaining to me and my brother why there were so many independence days and where those independence days came from. Um, and everything, all the terrible history about this clapped island, basically. And then don't forget, I have my grandparents who are like, This is how you behave. Please, thank you, da 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 da. Mm. So in one space at school, I'm now sticking up for myself, but also I really want to be like my grandparents. If anything, that was probably the inciting kind of thing. And then Croydon is like Croydon. Um, I know everyone's like moving there now and trying to make it cute, but <laughs> when I grew, when I was growing up in Croydon, like it was absolutely wild, wild west. And not only Croydon, like half my time was in Croydon if not even more time was in Heath, Like I'm proper like Heath Pond slash Norbury boy. Um, And them times are wild. Like I'm not to say they're not wild now, but they were definitely wild. And I went through some things and I had to back it for my brethrens as well. I think uh, when I talk about Kelechi being my sister, it's a hundred percent also from a space of like, I recognize where she's from and I'm from. So I know that if I get into a fight, she's going to jump in like my brengers did when I was like 15. I don't have many of those friends kind of left. Uh, they're either locked up. I'm not even laughing at them being locked up, but I'm like, what a life. But they're locked up or they're not with us anymore. Or I can't roll with those people anymore because it's like, actually, it's not the same thing. But there's something in Kelechi where we are from the same place and period of time. And what that friendship What friendship was in, I guess, like the mid-90s, late-90s, you know, those friends that you're going to lie on the Bible for in court. You are going to (laughs) lie anything they need, like you're there. You're going to – you caught a body? Okay, where are we burying this body? Do you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, so just to answer your question, I – would say maybe that, but other than that, back to you bringing up the Nana conversation and that kind of story, my tenacity, I guess, or me being this bold and advocating for myself just comes from the simple truth of like, I've been through worse. I've always been through worse and I've always gotten better and done better and move into better spaces. So. Yeah. Like it was the big, big boss. He came in he was talking to, to Nana like that. And Nana was the one that gave me my first job in advertising. I'd been to all of those other big boy, um, spaces. And when I spoke to them at that time, we're talking about 2014, 15. Mm. And I'm talking about culture in the way that people talk about culture now. And I'm talking about member. Cause no one really, no one apparently knew about racism until 2020, right? Mm or diversity and all of these jobs that no longer exist because everyone's being defunded and oh we don't have budget for that anymore. But prior to that, I was like, I knew within advertising at the core of advertising was black culture, more time specifically black queer culture, but just black culture. Right. And what advertising does and those agencies, um, specifically do with creatives that normally do not look like me, um, Mm. More time, I like cool little white boys from East London in new balance, fitted cap, um, and their Sherpa jackets will go to a one or rave hair or this or that, pick up one word and be like, This is how we turn it into the thing. And I used to just be like, you lot aren't even the architects of the thing. So how is it that you're on all of this big boy money? And none of it is going back into the culture. So I would go into these interviews and like, be like, yeah, I can do all of your creative stuff, but I'm interested in how you deliver that work, where that work comes from and how people are being compensated for you mining them. Black Twitter is a real thing. It's not just like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just like this thing we made up. Black Twitter is worth billions, if not zillions. Trend, trend setting. Right. And they used to be like, oh, 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 oh. okay. I'm not gonna be able to be here. Come and meet Nana, I say all of this. She's like, Yeah, you're hundred percent right, of course. Da, 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 da. Um but at that time Nana was like the head of production. I wanted to be creative. And she was like, Well, I need like an editor. But my only thing is like you can come and do that job and then we can try and get you in. I was like, say no more. So we had that bond already. Nana, I say it all the time, is as dark as my grandfather. So in that respect, like I'm gonna take off your head if you try it with Nana. Um and this guy came in who's not a monster, he's one he's actually one of my favorite people, but I had to check him because the normalcy of I don't even know if normalcy is a word, but everyone understood what I we, meant. We know what it means, yeah. Of those spaces at that time. It's to come in and say the most wild racist things and nobody will check you on it. It's to come in and say the most sexist things and nobody will check you on it. The most homophobic things, the most transphobic things, all of those things, because all of those companies, the foundation of those companies, are middle, the shape of them are middle class, white, male, short, no rhythm, probably doesn't wash legs. I'm going too far, sorry. But they're shaped in a particular way that do not look like you, that do not look like me or Nana. Everything is based around the culture that those particular men thriving, grew up in, etc. So for instance, the easiest way to get a job at that point in time, not even get a job, sorry, but get on jobs, like uh, projects that were going on within the agency, you had to be at the pub. Yeah. And, and oh, da, 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 I'm not about that life, you know, it's I'm like not I've a
1: lot of workplaces.
0: That's a mad thing to me because me growing up in South Norwood now, we had to come off the street when 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 Crystal Palace has finished their games, because all of them lot will come out and be on the mad thing and be racist. And especially if we were out and then they'd made it to the pub, it's them lot that are shouting out monkey noises and things like that. Do you get it? So like mm. me go and jam with you lot in the pub, no, nah, I'm all right, actually. But then how do I like maneuver that thing? And Nana was key in that. She was like, right, jealousy is your friend. What? Jealousy is your friend. This one hates this one because he's jealous that this one got a bonus. So if you go to this one and he thinks you, he thinks you're working with that one on this other project, he's going to bring you into this other one. Right. So she starts to teach me politics, but at the same time, and she won't mind me saying, cause we talk about it. Nana had been so involved in that world that she's manoeuvring around the thing, but they're saying the most wild things like about her hair or like what she's wearing or or what food she's eating, things like that. And she's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. But remember me, I'm a in it. So when I first got in there and he's come in now and he's like, oh, what you've done to your hair? What's it got to do with you? Why are you asking about her hair? When I say a rast up the man and Nana was just like that, and I thought, do you know what? Even if you fire me in this moment because you've got to, I know that I sat here with my whole chest and 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 defended you. Did you. Get it? But then he was like, he went red, and was like, oh no, I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, well, just don't. You can just come in and say hello, be normal, and so he left. I thought, oh, this woman's gonna fire me. And then um, the next day, she's like, I ordered us um, matching um, silk pillows to try them out at that point, I just uh, started growing my hair. I've recently cut off my locks. They were like down here. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was like, I've, I've brought a silk pillows. I was like, oh, okay. And then she just really hugged me and walked off. And I was like, no one's defended you like that in here. So I would, I would race them up all the time. And she'd be like, yeah, I'll have a word with him. And then we'd go out to lunch and just boss up about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, quickly, before we get into this episode, a quick word from our sponsor. Us, or in other words, 1000Visuals, the production company behind 1000Voices. With 1000Voices, I was looking for a studio that had that high-quality cinematic and homely feel to it, but I just couldn't find anywhere. So we decided to open up our own space. We've got four high-quality cinema cameras. We've got shotgun mics, not those podcasting mics that cover half your face as well, so people can see you when you're speaking to them. And we've got some basic communities as well. Water herbal teas, espressos, you name it. We'd love to invite you to come down to our space to create some content with us. If you are interested, check the link in the description and I'd love to take you on a tour of this space and invite you to come record some stuff with us. Thank you. Now let's get back to the episode. Um,
0: (laughs) Well, that's good though. uh, That's good.
1: The people who are following... The rules and being quiet when you see things that are wrong and they believe in and not speaking up i, I get why people do it it makes sense it's, it's not survival easy. it's survival 100 mm. like you said this is your job on the line yeah it's potentially survival makes 100 percent make sense but that's not how you move the dial man that's not how you move the dial in life that's not how we change things. We need to challenge yeah. things when things are wrong but It's a thin line because it's tough. Yeah, like I am saying, it's not only is it survival, just tough on a personal level to stand up and say if you're by yourself, no one might not back you, and you're standing up and saying something that you might believe in, then you might get gaslit and people, oh no, I didn't mean that, or this that make you feel like a certain type of way. Think, oh, should I've said that, or should I've just kept quiet and all that? It's not easy, but I think those are the people who the the unapologetic people who stand up for what they believe in Mm. are the ones who shift the dial and drive change in the world, like literally.
0: Yeah. It's really, um, I learned in that first job cause there were other, there were one or two, maybe three other black people in that building. Imagine there's like 400 people in that building. I want to say maybe four other black people in that building and specifically one in particular was like that little, that I think it's Miss Jocelyn's get, I'm so sorry, Miss Jocelyn's get, um, where. The other black person comes in the office like, shh, they know we're black kind of thing. It was very mm-hmm. much that energy. And I used to just be like, now nah, bun you. And then I realized, I was like, you're surviving. And we may not see eye to eye in the way that we do things, but I understand if you're surviving, you're operating from a space of fear and you shouldn't even be scared in this space. Uh, and that's not right. And I'm now not going to add to that fear by being your enemy. I'm still going to like spudgy. I'm still going to be whatever. I understand that you can't always back me. And maybe I'm the one that's got to take all of the bullets and bit by bit, the thing changes, but, um, that's one thing, man, I can't go into spaces and I see people operating in a certain space. I don't try to bad them up or hot them up or make them feel um, guilty because Yeah. Not everyone is from a Croydon like me. So where in my head, my reference to like, is this dangerous is, do you have a (laughs) borer? Do you know what I mean? Not, am I going to lose my job? I can make money anytime. Like I can lose any job and I'll go and I'll do what I have to do to, uh, make money. And I don't even mean that just in like an illegal sense. I just know that I'm actually, I'm an alchemist. I'm more than equipped to make, um, something out of nothing. Um, and also, prior to going into that first job, I was freelancing as a photographer. So I was up and down doing all of these different jobs um, mm. and making money, which way and the other, like trying to get stuff up. The reason why I went into advertising is because there were lots of other people around me who weren't as talented. And like buying houses, and I was like, "There's something wrong with my money because you lot are being paid a different. (laughs) Something's missing here. You're not as good as me, but yet I just brought a house in da 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 Brighton, la la la, and it's like what? (laughs) Yeah. Um. And so in my mind, I was like, "You're getting those big boy briefs, um, and I need to learn how to like pitch and how that thing works, um." Let me go and learn advertising. So that's why I wanted to get into advertising. Um but yeah. And then realize I was good at storytelling, but I'm good at storytelling because the notorious BIG. Legend. The best, uh Christopher Wallace. I, like, i'm smoothest. The, smoothest. the smoothest. Yeah. You see all these other rappers and they're long wind like they're long winding explanations of a thing where Biggie would just say, Mum crux cruxed up over the casket screaming bastard crying no more friends are lying you know you killed them filled them with already i've just given you a whole that's one episode yeah <laughs> Do you know what i mean yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. in that space and i just thought that was the dopest shit ever so i was no just waste, like
1: no wasted words no wasted these deliveries on point as well point yeah and everything
0: and that's the key to advertising as well the acronym that we use in advertising is um a uh, kiss keep it simple stupid so if your ideas, um, say like you decided like you're this, this, I don't want to call it a podcast. Cause I feel like it's such a bigger thing and a bigger movement because actually this is podcast book, uh, TV show, uh, documentary series, um, clothing. You can go anywhere with this. It's so simple. It's a thousand voices and you'll wonder the, the, you know, one season might be a thousand voices of different bits to make up that a thousand voice. Your second season will be another thousand voices, et cetera, et cetera. Simple idea. You see how far I went with it? Because it's so simple. It's a it. good idea. Mm-hmm. If you were like, it's a thousand and forty two voices because in 1942, that de- brav, you've lost me. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's too much. Keep it simple, stupid. Biggie Smalls was the best at that. Um, he was the best at that in my opinion. And even, like, the one teacher that I've always rated, uh, Miss Hardy, I wonder if she's still alive. I was always good at arguing my case, again, wanting to be like my grandma, because no one could read anyone like my grandma. She'd say the, the wildest things and hurt your soul. And be like, wow. And, um, you
1: took it there.
0: Yeah, just like, grandma. She's like, no, nah, like, just cussing. Anyway, Miss Hardy was the first one to be, like, I wasn't really getting Shakespeare. Um, Bearing in mind, I wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia until I was 30. So even back when my mum was like, there's something with, no, he's just being silly. No, he's not. He's done the work. He's explained it in his own way, but he's done the work. Meanwhile, I've got literally Ryan, a whole real person, and uh, Leroy getting special treatment because they need help with like this dyslexia thing. But I didn't have it, I was just being a class clown. And yeah, Ryan and Leroy were both white. Mm-hmm. So um but Miss Hardy was a don because she was just like when I asked you to orally explain and tell me what it is that you think about the thing, you can just where does that come from? And I was just like, Oh, I want to be like Biggie Smalls, da da and so she broke down, like, the rhyming pattern. Like, do you see he's doing A, B, oh, A, right. B, da, 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 da. I was like, yeah. She just like, well, now, okay, let's let's read this bit of Shakespeare. Do you see it's this, da, 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 da. And it clicked. And I was like, oh, so da, 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 now he's saying this. And da, da, da. she's like, yeah, that's it. And so from then, um, from then, storytelling was really my thing. Photography was Biggie Smalls. You know i never wanted to be a rap i've said this before i didn't think that i could rap like that but i felt like I could snap like that so all of them like my photography especially early photography was like snapshot and very in the moment because i'm just trying to capture that one feeling of everything in that picture yeah which then led into playing around with like film which always has been in my life because like again with my mother especially like we go to cinema for everything always in blockbuster what should we run tonight what should we run tonight what should we run tonight so film has always been there um and i don't want to sit here and be like i saw that it was going to be this and that and that it's just i realized at this point where i'm at i can see oh this set me up for this this set me up for this and yeah. this and then bringing it all together so to my like uniqueness in the way that i tell stories my honesty, all of those things. It's all from all of those elements. It's, it's boys trying to off me in Croydon. It's my grandmother being the loveliest supporting, uh, um, lovely, loveliest supporting mate, uh, head of, ma- like, matriarch. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Matron? Yeah, I guess so. This doesn't seem like a big enough word for her, but just like the loveliest mm. supporting and always encouraging me to be me. I would be in her kitchen. I was like grandma. So what happens if I put this in the egg? She's like, I dunno, let's find out, (laughs) you know? So like just there wasting food to be fair, but she's just like, well, maybe you'll be a scientist. So let's see. So there's me putting vinegar, mixing it with egg and this and that, and leaving it, um, to see what happens, obviously mold and nastiness, but now I know kind of thing my grandfather being really stoic and on his morals and no one ever. um, Not necessarily not having a bad thing to say about him. You know, men and women lie, but um, they could never say that he treated them badly or he robbed them of anything or that he lied about how he felt about anything. Uh, You want to get me roused? Tell a lie on me that I lied about how I dealt with you or what I said. It will be a wrap. I cannot I cannot stand it. Um, mm-hmm. But if we have a disagreement, tell the full story. Mm. And I will stand by it. Be like, yeah, I said that about your mum. <laughs> <laughs> what? Mm. And I will take that L. But I also think I come from a time just before the internet where you couldn't run your gums and not get boxed for it.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. The internet's changed a lot. Yeah. A lot of, we have a thousand voices. When we put out some episodes, we get these like mad troll racist comments. Sometimes yeah. like mad, it's always behind a fake account. It's never the real person with their name and picture. It's just some troll that's clearly sat through the entire episode because they're referencing stuff in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> they will put some mad comment. Like, you got time, man. Yeah. Too much time on your Whereas
0: head. I'm from, I'm outside Morley's like, just like, let's just fight. Mm. And whoever loses, loses. And then you move on. But in the inter- I watched the internet kind of come into birth and so these new rules. In the early days of Twitter, I don't have um, Twitter anymore because that madman took over and I was like, bun that. But in the early, and it's probably a good thing because I was wild because I was just like, this is my location. And people are like, yo. And I'm like, no, I don't. You can't run your gums like that and not. And then you start to realize like, oh, this is like a new way that you have to deal with trolls in a different way and this and that and that. And, but even then, then it curved. And then I was like a proper pares in those early days. Cause then I was like, oh no, I can also argue like this kind of thing. But I think Mm. all of it comes together. The Biggie Smalls, my grandmother,
1: Mm.
0: Croydon, uh, there's a lot of trauma for me in Croydon, but also. There's a lot of situations where I'm like, I'm fearless because, like I said, if I compare it, it's like, now I've made that through that.
1: Well, it's a lot of things, isn't it? It's like a lot of things have just sort of been added to this pot and made you who you are today. And that description of your family dynamic is a beautiful thing with your grandparents, actually, the way you describe it. It's like a lot of people, black people here, Caribbean background. Yeah. Yeah. I'm African background. A lot of people here, the grandparents are going to be back home. Yes. So they, you don't hear those stories of that type of dynamic. My grandparents, my, both my grandfathers passed before yeah. one passed before I was born, one passed when I was like three, I think two or three. So I'd never met either of them two. Right. <clears throat> and my grandmothers were in Ghana. Right.
0: so you
1: don't, you don't get that type of, that type of relationship. And that's not just me. That's pretty much probably all of my friends. All my friends from the African background. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same yeah.
1: narrative. You don't have that that level of relationship with yeah. family back home. But it's a beautiful thing to hear it described the way you describe it. You know, I want to talk about um, is it POC or is it P O C C?
0: POC, people POC. of culture, collective. Okay,
1: God, I, I knew it wasn't going to be people of colour. No. Because
0: you don't like that term. <laughs> I hate that
1: term. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, POC, you still, you're big on storytelling. I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that POC came about because black and Asian people, their stories weren't being told properly. And then you and Nana and the team decided we're going to do something about that and tell them the way they should be
0: told. So what happened was, Nana, we were in that first agency and then they tried it with Nana. (laughs) They didn't know Nana's brother was a lawyer. (laughs) So he was like, I'm sorry, what? And they were like, oh, We're sorry la 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 la. So she left, uh, long, story short went traveling for a while. (laughs) Um, and then I was in that place with kind of out her, which again was, um, stressful because all the people that hadn't been able to get me were trying to get me. But in that point, by that point, I'd learned as much as I could from nano in terms of like politics and understanding how to maneuver maneuver the thing. Um, so I think we was there for another two years, did what we needed to do. Went on to another agency. The guy that was our boss there had previously actually been Nana's boss in the agency I'd just come from. I never met that guy. He was there years ago and then he went off and then he had, there was this new agency that was in town and we met with him, got a job. Um, Nana came back, ended up working at that space. There was me, Nana, and two other black people again. Um, and it was the same thing. Like, and also by that point, we've met like one or two other black people in advertising we were like, this is really weird. Like this, it cannot just be us. This is so strange. And the same things were happening. She'd been away for like a year and a half traveling, came back into that space. And language being used is like, oh, that's so urban. Like, I don't want this ad to be so urban when it came to, um, casting, you know,
1: In other words, so black.
0: Yeah. And then they look at us and be like, yeah, we know what you mean. And it needs to be diverse. So me and Nana have been on this journey conversation about diversity for real, for real, for a very long time. Um, and that shows up in all so many different ways, in, in my early work to now in advertising, every single one of my decks have always been diverse. Whereas, if you looked at my deck or present presentation of like the work that we're trying to make compared to, specifically my white peers, it would just be white face after white face, da 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 da. Even though you were on Black Twitter last night, learning the lingo and the dance of the thing, all of a sudden it's all white people here. When it mm. came to I cannot tell you how many uh casting directors I've fired because I'm like, oh, I, I told you I wanted it diverse. Why have you sent me all white people? Oh, we couldn't. Okay, thank you for your time. Find someone else and make us think about it. Um you think I'm gonna sit here and be Satan's puppet. I don't think so. Like, no. Make it diverse. On this planet of billions of people, you couldn't find uh any black people that live in this area or have this interest are in, you all right in london in london mm-hmm. so anyway this is constantly going on uh very like like i said the racism the sexism um that last place that we left there was a, a guy i have a creative partner with an advertising for anyone who doesn't know you have creative you have a team so one is like words and one is like images, art director, copywriter. Myself and Tom have been together since we first met in that first week of working with Nana, we're best friends. Um, and we do both like, I do copy, he does copy and whatever, but traditionally just so people can get their heads around it. You have one that's in charge of images, art director, one that's in charge of, um, um, copy, like I said, so if you were making an advert, for a thousand voices uh tom really might look at the language of like what is being said in that advert um and then together the other side of the brain i would be like this is the imagery that we need this is da." da, 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 da. right with that being said we go to every agency we go to we go as a duo um our salary isn't split so if i'm on 120k tom is on 120k if you try to fire one the other one's going to quit you can like you just get us as one right all of that to say that in that last agency um examples of sexism racism there was a guy who was high up um our boss effectively and he started to do things like try to leave me off of emails and things like that to try and um basically catch me out but Tom wasn't having it because Tom is a true definition of an ally and was like, no, why did you do that? Which then led on to him trying to bully Tom and ask inappropriate questions. Like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, do you have a picture of her breasts? Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wild things like that. I've said it and I'll say it again. For some reason, the me too movement or conversation somehow missed advertising, but I think something's going to happen. And all of those dirty men are gonna get caught up in it, and it's all gonna come tumbling down because everybody was just focusing on Hollywood and certain other spaces. But advertising is disgusting in the way that women are treated, and all of these things. Right? I just say that to give context to like how disgusting that yeah, environment. What
1: kind of a wild comment is that?
0: Wild. Have you ever heard seen uh, Mad Men? Yeah. The have t- You seen it? Yeah. I've seen That's it. a documentary, bro. It's a documentary. You watch it like, oh my God, that that would be wild. It's just like, I remember watching it because I couldn't get my head around how these grown men were allowed to walk around and do and say all of these things. And Tom said to me, have you watched Mad Men? I was like, no, it's just like full of white middle class. Why would I watch that? He was like, watch it. And that's why I love Tom as well because like I will say things like that. He won't bat, because I'm not lying. Like he won't bat an eyelid. And he was like, watch that show. And then we'll talk about what this job is. And I remember I like, it had finished by then. So I like, I went through the whole thing. Is it five series, four um, series?
1: No, I think it's a bit longer than that, but I watched it a long time ago. I can't But yeah,
0: that. but I went through the whole thing in like, I want to say maybe three weeks, maybe four. I was like, oh, that's what this place is. All of you think you're Don Draper. Like all of you mm-hmm. actually think you're it. All of you think you're it and don't understand that at any moment I would take you outside and rock your job. Like all of you are actually mad. So all of that to say, I'm just trying to build what agencies are actually like and have yeah. been like. So we get to this new agency. Nana finally comes back. She's no longer my boss. She's like, now she's my colleague, right? Cause she's not running the department anymore. I've stepped up also in my level. um, And all of these mad things are still happening. People are being very funny, very sly, how they're saying things. We're constantly arguing and, um, about things getting little comments like me nana and the two other black people worked i remember one morning we were all in the corner just being like i can't remember the thing that we were talking about right and one of the senior heads white lady comes over she was like oh it's a gang meeting ha 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 like wild things like that yeah crazy crazy anyway very quickly um black panther comes out so me and nana go to see black panther everyone's gassed No, no, we need to build Wakanda. Like Wakanda needs to be real. We need to find all the other black people. It can't just be us. Not even just black people, but global majority. We just need to, it cannot just be us going through these mad things. And so we started a WhatsApp group. And to be really honest with you, I've said it a million times. I really thought it was gonna be like 20, 25 people in the group within that first day, maybe, maybe the second day full capacity. And we're like, oh. And then more people wanting to join and we are like, all right, we need to start like another group or get a way to like extend it and working with WhatsApp to like extend the numbers we can get in. So today as it sits POC or people of culture collective is like over a thousand, <laughs> over a thousand, uh, <laughs> uh, members, which sits across different WhatsApp groups, main WhatsApp group, um, main WhatsApp group. Uh, there's like a film and director producer group, women's only group, um, LGBTQI plus group. Um, and that sits as a community and what that in the, in the beginning as a community, what it really was is like people coming in and being like, Oh my God, this just happened Has this ever happened to anyone else. Yes. And this is the way that I got them sorted. I went to HR and la la la. So it was a very much organic exchange of, um, ideas and any problems that came up. Like there's a big rule of like, this just happened. I'm vexed about it. Yes. Vent in the group, but then how do we all come together to do something about it? So the, one of the earliest things that we did was around, um, knife crime, where the, the stop and search nonsense was starting. And we made like a booklet, uh, a digital booklet to go out to people had ready for carnival and all other things to look through and understand what their rights were. Um, and by we, I mean like a designer was like, I've got I've got this weekend free to design up the thing. Copywriter, I can do the copy for it. We need imagery. Oh, I can go and shoot that stuff. So as a community, come just coming together. Um, what happens when you build spaces like that is the safe spaces that aren't safe spaces come along. Hi, can we come in? No, you're a general. You lot are from Babylon. Like this isn't Babylon. Like we're like we're fine here. No, but one know what you're doing. It's none of your business. But POC is buzzing in everyone's mouth now because it's like oh, I'm part of this group called POC. It's really safe and da 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 da. So these bigger jobs are coming through, and we're like, right. I think that we can manage through this work as 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 an entity, as an agency on top of the community, get people what they want to be paid or what they deserve to be paid, and protect them, uh, and do things differently. So within park, um, we pay parity in terms of like very much when productions are happening, directors will normally get 10, 12% of like what, of whatever the overall fee is. Right. So if you're making a, an advert, and the advert is like 35, 350,000 pounds. Directors fee will probably be about 35 grand.
1: I didn't even know that. So we look at these massive Hollywood films with these hundred yeah. million pound budgets so The directors.
0: Yeah. Not to mention points if they get whatever, whatever, that's a really ba- I'm simplifying it for basically a percentage of whatever, whatever, right. Yeah. Um, but then a producer will be on, which in some ways sounds wild, but then in other ways, in some ways it, it makes sense because it's like the director is on the thing from beginning to the complete end, um, and in some ways it ends up being cheaper doing it that way, because if you were doing it by a day rate, uh, it could be a lot more. All of that to say that also producers are producing the thing all the way through, but producers will be a particular fee that is definitely smaller than a director or less days or whatever. Whereas we're like, that's not really fair. What would be fair is if you two will be paying be being being paid the same thing. So we was in a position to just be like, no, this is the fee because we need to pay in this way. Oh, we can't do meetings on Monday and we can't do meetings at this point because so and so doesn't have childcare. Rather than dancing around it, no, we're going to build this. She's an excellent producer, but also <clears throat> her kids are, her kid is more important than your business. And we strongly believe that. So now we're going to set up the meetings in this way and the workflow in this way around childcare. And by the way, her fee is this much because then it also allows for childcare. Just saying the things and, and putting the things in place that make us as black and brown creators, regardless if you're a uh, producer, writer, etc., um, feel safe. Um, and also just putting me and Nana in a position that now really makes sense. Cause Nana is a great diplomat. I love to cost people if they need to be told about themselves some more time, mm-hmm. <laughs> if a client needs to be really explained to like what they have, what they're doing wrong, why it doesn't make sense. We don't live in a space with any of the partners or clients we work with, where we are not able to be like what you just did right. There's racism problematic. And this is why, or we will not be doing that. Um, we're always free to do exactly as we please. So, this POC community, I guess, uh, POC agency, which also encompasses production. And then last year we launched Tupac, which I'm not a fan of Tupac, but it just made sense to call it Tupac <laughs> based on because it's Tupac, right? Yeah. Uh, which is the uh, community interest arm um, because there were opportunities for. Funding. We didn't take any kind of funding in 2020 because we didn't believe in anything anyone was saying. We were like, mm. you lot will lead us down a rabbit hole and we won't exist. We will take your money in 2020. And by 2021, if not 2022, you will all disappear. And rather than us, we just need to continue building our own foundation. So there are a lot of spaces, bless them, that are struggling right now or have had to disappear because all of that support has disappeared. Yeah. We felt like it was a fad. So we bet on ourselves and put our money where our mouth is. Even in those early days of like doing meetup for POC members and all of those things, it was me and Nana paying for all of the things. We would put our money together, literally out of our own pocket, provide food. Anyone need help getting home? We're going to pay for the taxi, da 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 da. We would literally just do everything ourselves until we got into a space. But Tupac is. Um T-Pock is a space where we're able to take in funding and do interesting things. So over the past year, too, we we've had the art fund, which allows artists um to put their work on billboards in collaboration with clear Channel as well as shot of stock. We have the film club in collaboration with um Picture House, which allows for we put on different films and we do different networking events so people can come together and meet different levels of people in different film, in Mm -hmm. in film, Um, even with film club as well. When Black Panther came out and everyone, Black Panther 2 came out and people were trying to be funny. It was like, oh, we really want to put something on and no one wanted to help. We were like, okay, we'll do it ourselves. And so we just went and rented out the whole of Brixton and then gave tickets out to charities and kids in and around um, Brixton to come and watch Black Panther 2 for fun, for Mm -hmm. free with popcorn and treats included, um, to just be able to step in and disrupt where needs, um, where needs disrupting. And our next kind of goal, especially with Tupac is outdoor space and the serenity that kind of comes with that, Mm. uh, and, and encouraging black and brown folk to visit all parts of this collapsed Island, you know? go and find nature go and hug a tree that sounds like i'm being disrespectful but i mean be outside imagine that i used to think that i hated the rain Do you know i don't hate the rain i hate the rain in london because it's 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 concrete and it stinks it's a completely different thing to be in like the lake districts or any type of forest and get soaked and enjoy that and then you get back and you put on a fire and you dry out where you've been um, like it does something to your soul in a completely different way that imagine i had to wait till 30 plus to experience that do you know i could have done with that when i was like 15 16 uh in a particular fast food restaurant that begins with m um <laughs> yeah matting so yeah that's mm-hmm. that's pocket and it expands in the way that the community needs it to expand. So it's not just me and Nana sitting around be like, we should do this next. It's based on needs and conversations within and like, oh, so should we build this out? You know, the art fund that I spoke of really came from a space of, um, access and talking about, I really wish there was an easier way to get my art out of there, out there. Mm-hmm. And realizing, like, oh, hold on a minute, there's a link here, so we can do, we can do this. So yeah,
1: for you. So your, from what I'm getting from this conversation, what I've got, things that are important to you. So we're thousand voices, and I'm, so as I wanted to understand more about your voice and what you want your voice to represent. You've um, you black women are clearly, very important to you representation, diversity, these themes are clearly very important to you. What do you feel that one, first of all, your voice is, what do you believe your voice is known for right now? And secondly, does that align with what you want to actually be known for now and moving forward?
0: I think my voice at the moment is known for nuance. I come in and I have a point of view of the thing that no one else is talking about. I'm always interested in the real talking point of the situation. Um, there's this thing where people talk about like so-and-so is the first black this and so-and-so is the first black that, and, uh, I'm not saying that I'm the first to say this, others have said it online, but my thought was always like, but it shouldn't be embarrassment be like, why are we only getting to the first black person that's done this? Like, that you think that's weird? And how has that happened? We're just there clapping the thing, but I'm like, well, that's weird. Everyone should, if I step into a room and win something and I'm the first black, all of you should get a box. Like it's ridiculous at this point. Um, as a Virgo, I'm I'm a Virgo, a Virgo rising Virgo sun and my moon is Sag, I believe. Um, but as a Virgo, like my energy is very much pulled into how is that thing put together? How does it come apart or how to fix the problem? Um. that's all i spend my time doing very naturally and i i used to really get hung up because i would make pieces of work that i knew made sense and would bang and not everybody would get it straight away and then a year later everyone's like oh my god da 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 this is amazing and i'm just like god but i'm i'm now i'm now in like 2025 what what do you mean that you've only just discovered this like But now I realize that that is my gift. It's I'm I'm never going, I don't think I'm ever going to be in a position as an artist where I put the thing out and everyone gets exactly what I'm doing. Um, I feel like a little bit like Lauren Hill on that unplugged album. Uh,
1: Underrated. People people don't know that album the way they should.
0: People do not understand. When it came out, I was like, this is no one's getting what this is, but they will. And so, but surely I see people discovering it and being like, no, she was talking to things from early, la 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 la. And I realized that's where I exist and I'm comfortable with it now. I'm comfortable with it now. I'm more than happy. I know that I just have to say, I know that I'm always seeing the thing. I know how to dissect the thing. Not everybody's going to understand what it is that I'm doing in the moment. And also I'm happy being part and I've always been happy actually being part of the relay race. It's not always it's not always going to be, and it is not about my glory. Sometimes I just have to make that thing that allows someone else to be like, that absolutely bangs. That's giving me an idea. And then they do it. And then it, it shifts culture. And I'm more than happy to be that small part of it. Um, I'm not here for the glory. I just want things to be better for everyone. I just want everyone to know um peace. That's why I've never had no qualms about how much I would pay for so-and-so or how much should I be paid or how did you do that? I would tell you, cause I'm, I'm happy giving you my toolbox. You can't make what I would make with my toolbox equally. I can't make what you would make with my toolbox. So my thing to answer your first question, I think what, it, hopefully I think what it represents right now is the nuance, whatever the general conversation is, I'm always going to have a different opinion on it because I see it from a different, a particular, different kind of space. Um, and then your second question, because I've just been talking, I have forgotten what it was. (laughs) It was more, does
1: that align with what you want to, your voice to be known for? Now Now it does.
0: Now it does. It didn't, I didn't, I wondered what my calling was because imagine you're saying these things. And there are people that love it and get it, but the commercial success of the thing isn't always, um, commercial. I know deep within my culture, I am loved and revered. And I know that I am your favorite artist's favorite low key behind scenes, and also your favorite artists. I probably had a hand in their thing because they've come to me and been like, Oh, I'm trying to do this thing. And because of that talent that I'm talking about, because that's my main talent, I'm like, oh, but you should, you could do this and put your spin on it because that makes this some more time. Even if people are like, I get, I have, it's a weird question. Well, maybe it's not, but it's like, how do you know all of these people? Why does so-and-so know you? And it's like, because I've been a part of their career or I've been the guy in the room that creatively is like, this is the way that you communicate it. So I've gone into advertising, taken it back and been like, oh, this is the way that you should, because then people will see this and that and that and that and that. Um, but I used to just think, what am I doing? And then I realised like, that's my talent and I enjoy doing it the way that I do things and don't worry about it. I'm I'm just ahead of my time. Um, and now that I'm at peace with that, so happy. And I think you can just tell by the way that I now move through the world, I don't get frustrated. I just put things up. I think that's about back to my sister Kalechi. I think that's exactly where we're at with her now. Um, Elon Madman Musk tweeted about, oh, we just put the chip in the brain, la la la. Kalechi not but the other day he released the book back in September. Um, one of the stories in there is called The Ally Chip, where they put a chip in the brain and like mm. la la la. There's so many things um, she predicts and has said over, is it 280 episodes of Say Your Mind and all of the social commentary and people are like, what is she talking about? She's so angry. A year later, oh, ah, oh, okay. I get what she was trying to say now, da, 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 da. And I think I just live in that space and I'm fine with it. I've always been an oddball. I've always been an oddball. I've always and and an oddball in terms of like, oh, Kevin, what are you? Why are you thinking about that for? Because that's not the thing. And I'm like, no, but it's going to be a problem down the road. I've always lived in that space just beyond, you know, and um, and it's been. I'm not saying it's always been like. My life hasn't been uh smooth, right? Not in the slightest. I understand that I have privileges. I didn't have the whole coming out thing. I wasn't like, you know, some people are disowned. They have to like find newfound families and mm. all of these things. And, and they're bullied in a way is, odd oh, I will grow up with like four uncles. Like I know how to fight and handle myself. Mm. And they push me to like understand those things and learn those things, um, to protect myself. Not everybody has that. And not that your grandparents didn't love you and whatnot, but I realized my privilege again, I had my grandparents. I saw my grandparents every weekend, both sets. And as I said, I grew up in a household as much as like my father, wasn't always doing what he's meant to be doing. I grew up in a household with my father who for all of his shortfalls taught me about black history and taught me about the different countries in Africa and the slave trade and, um, even the history of like Ireland and, and, and what they refer to as, um, a famine, as opposed to a genocide, all of these things. Mm. Um, and then I go into school talking about this stuff and they'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I've always been, I've always been odd or like I said, I've always been a road you, but you're gay. How can you be a road? You I mean? I don't know how to fight and handle <laughs> myself. Are you all right? Like, mm. So I've always lived in that space. And it goes back to your other question. Have you always, have you ever been that toxic kind of guy? And when I was talking about that thing of like trying to fight and be like, well, I want to be this, but this and that and that, those are the spaces that I I wasn't at peace with and it felt quite stressful. And I would say in the last founding POC and finding, realizing what the thing is, Um, seeing the love pour into that space, um, having the freedom to change the rules and the foundations of the things that I was talking about earlier. Um, realizing that I was talking about a POC way before I even knew that we needed a POC or how I would do a thing. You know, I remember me and Nana sitting and be like, advertising is not my thing forever. I'm here to learn things, but you know, we could really just start an agency if we found enough like black and brown, not even just black and brown, but people, common sense who like live in, yeah, just have common sense and wash their legs. If we found enough mm. of those people, we could have an agency. Mm. Oh, you can't do that. You would need like a million pound investment. You could da 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 da. Really? I just think everyone just needs to have the skill sets they need. Like we know how to like, operate and manage the thing talk about the stuff all the time all the time and and now look six years on you know see so, yeah sorry I went off on one but oh, to answer so your great. question um I'm at peace with it now and I, I I everything I more than ever what will be will be and I I'm always going to be all right it's a beautiful story hearing
1: that Journey And you coming to where you are now.
0: I think it's always a circle. And I think what happens is the older you get, the circle just expands. You know, it's still, I haven't gotten to the end yet. There'll be more things. And I'm like, oh, but it seems to, it, it, it all connects and I find it easy as well. Sorry, I'm going to stop because (laughs) this is going to go on, but I find it, I think I find it easy to be who I am, and the way that I communicate is easy because all of it, back to your storytelling point, comes from a really authentic space. Yeah. So, excuse me, I can pinpoint all of my references to the way that I view things, and I've never been ashamed of the the things. So, like, biggest Biggie Smalls fan, biggest, like, Clips fan, that Coke rap, love it but also biggest like Dawson's Creek fan when it was on and like, Mm -hmm. like TV shows like that, like because I don't think I was ever taught to like think I could only be one thing and not the other. Mm -hmm. And as my life has progressed, um, there's a reason why I can be so descriptive in my work, but also give you that sweetness of like pop music slash, um, Mm -hmm really white teen American drama. Mm. Um, I just consume things. And I've always done that. Um, And yeah, as I've got older, it's just really lovely in a lovely way blended uh, blended together in the most amazing way. And I think that's the thing that I worry about for people. They aren't always afforded the time, more time, aren't afforded time to explore those different strands and what they could truly be. They are too busy trying to keep up with the Joneses. Not, not, not PDD Diddy, pause, but <laughs> <laughs> do you see though, how I like flip from da 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 da, da like, it's just like, and I'm not going to lie. At one point it was all confusing. I'm like, why do I have so many languages essentially? Mm. It's like real black UK culture, uh, garage, wind rush, South London. And then I'm very fluent in like American culture, the memes and all of the things, Mm. and even the memes becoming a thing. And then love of like Shakespeare and, and those classical kind of species, but, uh, pieces, but in context with history and how those things came about. And then black history, all black history, across the whole diaspora you know and people will yeah. get mad at me and they do get mad at me and they try and be like this that and the other and it's like yeah we'll talk to your ancestors if you lot didn't run around so greedy i wouldn't have to exist in the way that i exist mm-hmm. so that's you lot's business <laughs> let me stop because i will talk and talk all oh,
1: right thank you for coming on thank you for having once me once again appreciate it This is 1000 Voices. We had Kevin Morosky on the podcast. So for now, people, we're out. If you would like to understand how you can use your voice to drive change, how you can craft compelling stories to move audiences, and for additional wisdom from the guests that we have on the podcast, sign up to our newsletter. Every single week, we send actionable pieces of advice to change makers like you. So if you haven't already, the sign up link for the newsletter will be in the description of this episode.